Welcome to the Adventures in Wellbeing podcast. My name is Damien Chaparro. I'm the founder of Adarha Wellness Retreat, and this is a place where we refine and define the art of living exceptionally well. We'll be interviewing sought-after minds in movement, consciousness, nutrition, impact, and topics that allow our human family to thrive. We don't like chatting about the mundane, so if you enjoy deeper conversations and you're willing to tiptoe at the edge of comfort, you've found the right place to hang out. Hey there. Today, we're joined in the Arahasana by none other than the lovely Miss Lee Holmes. As a holistic nutritionist, whole food chef, and wisdom teacher, this powerhouse is shining the light on the path. Lee is a go-to contributor on Food Matters and The Guardian, and amongst all the great insights, she'll be sharing with us about her self-healing journey through fibromyalgia and Crohn's disease. We'll touch on tips and tricks for improving immune function, traveling healthy, minimizing stress, and striking a better work-life balance. Lee has also gifted our listeners her 14-day healthy guide to stockpiling your pantry, which I can't wait to put to use. She's got shopping lists and all kinds of goodness in there. As a gut health pioneer, Lee is taking us deeper with insights into psychobiotics and her personal rituals formed from research. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Be sure to hit subscribe so you can enjoy fresh wellness insights monthly. Enjoy. All right, Lee, welcome to Sauna Sessions. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, what a hoot. I was just being blown away by the fact that you've produced nine books. (laughs) I've been busy in the last five, six years, two a year for most years, and then one has just come out this year, which I'm really excited about. Which one's that? That's called Supercharge Your Life. Yeah, it's all around getting real food back onto the table again, all around the pleasure and freedom of eating beautiful real food. Awesome. I've been taking your gut health capsules, the ones that are diatomaceous earth-based. Mm-hmm. And I was looking into that because I didn't know that much about diatomaceous earth. Tell me a little bit about that. Why is that kind of central in, in those products? It's a really good ingredient for cleaning the gut. So it cleanses the gut. So what it is, it's fossilized remains of fossil shell flour or algae from it's no longer algae though it's now a mineral it's got silica in it it's got magnesium in it and it's from freshwater lakes and you can get it all over the world we get ours from america because it's the cleanest finest most organic source but what it does is it gently sweeps through your body so you take a teaspoon or a tablespoon of it if you want to in your water juice smoothie some people put it into coffee or tea and it sweeps through your digestive system and it attracts and picks up a lot of the heavy metals bad bacteria parasites worms yeast things like that that are going on all the junk in your trunk and it encapsulates it in its sort of honeycomb shell and then gently eradicates it and sweeps it out of your body but it's so gentle and it's a food Um, and also it's, yeah, it's just really, really super easy to take and people have been getting great results. There's like 700 five-star reviews online for it. And now we've just put it into a vegan capsule because the powder is great and people love it, but some people, especially when they're traveling and they have sort of gut issues when they travel or they don't want to pick up any bugs and that kind of thing, or they might pick up something when they're traveling. So the capsules have been really good. I just got back from Nepal and I, and I got kind of the classic, I guess you'd call it 
Nepal belly. Um, <laughs> and so are you saying that you could take it while you're traveling and it would help to avoid things like yeah, gastro? Yeah, it helps to avoid and, and then it helps to help eradicate any of the bugs that you've got. It's like descaling a cattle. If you can imagine your intestines, they have, most of us have between two and four kilos of intestinal walls. And that stops you from absorbing your food properly and the nutrients from your food. So what this does is it gently, it's like gently brushing your teeth. It gets rid of that plaque so that you have a clean digestive system so you can absorb more and then you notice that you will notice after you've taken them for a while that your skin your hair your nails your energy level will really really be much better mm. is part of the i guess i was looking into it a bit is part of the action that it's a clay or a clay like mm. it's sort of clay like but what the way that it works is through a process of negative ions so negative ions attract positive bacteria and positive bacteria is actually the bad bacteria. So through this process of negative ions, it attracts it and then gently encapsulates it and sweeps it out. Cool. Mm. And is that what it's doing with parasites and yeah. that sort of thing as well? Same sort of function? Yeah, same sort of function. And some mothers are now using it for their kids as a natural wormer because it's good for things like worms as well. So you can have it when you're pregnant or breastfeeding. It's, it's Yeah, it's really versatile and it's gentle. And I love the fact that unlike a clay, it's actually a food. And, um, yeah, it's food. You've got to get the food-grade version. So there are different versions of diatomaceous earth. Some people might say, oh, I put that into my pool. So it's like salt. You know, if you can imagine Himalayan sea salt and then you've got salt that you put in the pool, yeah. it's like that. You have um, non-food-grade diatomaceous earth and then you have the most organic, pristine food-grade version and that's what we use to clean the gut. Yeah. I saw also that it has a pH of 8. So it's slightly alkaline. Yeah, it does slightly help with alkaline levels. Everything that we say on the pack has been regulated. So we have to obviously put all our claims through regulatory and legal. Some of the things that it, it helps, obviously, a healthy gut, high in um, silica. So it's 90, 93% silica. So that's where the hair, skin, and the nails comes skin. in. Um, calcium and magnesium as well. So, And it has a bit of iron in it too. So if you have problems with anemia, can really help with that. One of the contraindications to taking diatomaceous earth, I can only speak for hours, by the way, is if you have high iron levels, it's probably not a good thing to do if you've got too much iron in your body. But mm. apart from that, most people can take it. Mm. So we've been lucky enough to have you here at Adarha for the last five days, and we're on our last full day here. I always enjoy meeting others who are you know, have been kind of taken by the wellness path in various forms and shapes and sizes. Was there a point? Is there, like, how did this all start for you? For me, it started, it was probably about nine years ago now. I was a single mum at the time and I was working at the ABC in Sydney. So I was working in the kids' music department. So we took the Wiggles from... Balmain RSL to Madison Square Garden. We had like, a, a, I had an amazing job and it was a really fun job. But I woke up one day and I was really tired and I thought, I wonder if I'm getting chronic fatigue or we didn't really know what chronic fatigue was back then, but I just felt really tired. And then I noticed that my hair would, was falling out in clumps on the pillow. And then I was getting hives. I was getting these itchy kind of hives and I would sit in big meetings at the ABC with ice packs just taped to my body. And I also lost a lot of weight, went down from a healthy 58 kilos down to 42 kilos in about six weeks. And my gut wasn't working very well. So as you do, just kept on going into work, wasn't really listening to my body, just kind of pushed myself a bit. Until eventually I decided I better go to a doctor because it was just not getting any better. 
And I went through what I found to be quite a complex medical system because I was just kind of pushed and shoved from different doctor to doctor, lots of specialists, more needles, more clumps of hair. And then eventually I was diagnosed with a nonspecific autoimmune disease and something called fibromyalgia, which is a sort of arthritic type thing. I remember I used to drop cups. I would try and get make a cup of tea and I would just drop the cup because my, my hands and everything was kind of really stiff and achy. I've actually since finally two years ago been diagnosed with Crohn's disease. So they, it took me such a long time actually to get to get to that diagnosis. But at the time they put me, the doctors put me on a concoction of different medications. So probably about 20 pills a day. I was just having steroids where I blew up like the Michelin man. I got the big round moon face. I was having uh, immunosuppressants, anti-inflammatories, lots of steroids, lot, yeah, lots of antibiotics as well at the time. And for me, the problem for me was that the side effects of a lot of those medications were almost worse than the symptoms of the autoimmune and fibro. So I did actually, someone handed me a DVD actually in hospital, a lady called Cleo that I used to work with. And it was called Food Matters. I don't know if you've yeah, watched I know that, food but matters. yeah, I it's loved excellent. it. And I watched it, and because I'd studied nutrition previously, I kind of thought about food and whether it was relevant to me. But I watched it. It's all about the power of food as medicine. And James's father had been through a, an illness, and he was looking and interviewed a lot of doctors and things like that. And I started to think perhaps it's got something to do with what I'm eating because at the time I was working full time and I was just putting those processed meals into the microwave every day, a lot of MSG, a lot of the additives. And I noticed when I was eating a lot of the additives and preservatives and MSG that the itching would really, really flare up. And so I spoke to my doctors and said, do you think this has anything to do with my diet? Because I do notice that it flares up more when I have these things. And they said, absolutely nothing at all. Absolutely nothing to do with your diet whatsoever. Just keep on eating the hospital food, which was pretty bad. You know, you can imagine two pieces of stale white bread, a bit of plastic cheese on there, some plastic ham, maybe one of those desserts with every single number in them. From there, I did speak to the doctors and they said, look, you can certainly change your diet. It won't do anything, but you can do whatever you want to and you can change it. And I said, look, if I do and I'm feeling better, can I slowly wean myself off a lot of these drugs? And that's kind of what I did. And I just started my little blog called superchargefood.com. It was when blogging had just started. It was when Facebook had just started. It was all really exciting. I'd read a book called Julie and Julia, which it's it's a cooking book. I'd read that and I was really inspired. She was a blogger. I'd been to see this movie as well about it. And I thought, I want to have a little blog and I want to share my recipes with people. I wonder if anyone else has gone through this. So I just popped those recipes up on one page blog and it was amazing from Facebook. I think I shared a couple of recipes. People from all over the world contacted me and said, that was exactly my story. I lost a lot of weight. I got hives. I was really tired. I had chronic fatigue. My gut wasn't working properly. I was put on steroids. I blew up like the Michelin man. Just so many people with the same story as me. And at the time I felt really alone, like, before that, I just there was so much conflicting advice online. There was wasn't much about diet really online back then, and so it was amazing that I could meet this new community of very like minded people who were really who really inspired me, and I didn't feel alone anymore. So from there, I just started doing the blog, and then I wrote my first book, which it was obviously gluten free and quite clean eating, and that went really really well. And so I was able to then 
write more books and and start doing speaking. And I'm actually studying nutrition again for a second time now because when I studied nutrition 30 years ago, it was so different to now and things change so much. So, so you were already a nutritionist when yeah, this kind of health yeah, concern I, came up. But I never ever studied. I, ne- I studied but I never ever worked in that field. I always wanted to sort of work at, you know, for a TV network or in music because that was kind of my passion back then. So then, um, yeah, so I started, I'm studying again now and I feel like now there's so much more information and research that backs up. And interestingly, I was eating for a very, very Crohn's-related diet. Like the things that I discovered, things like turmeric and um, things like aloe vera and slippery elm, those ingredients that really soothe the gut, I actually was eating those things and they're great for Crohn's, but I didn't even know that I had Crohn's. It was just an intuitive thing. Yeah, mm. it was a really intuitive thing actually. Mm. In the wellness world, what are you seeing? There must be quite a bit more research and kind of knowledge and information yeah. coming out of the understanding yeah. of the field. What do you? What's most interesting these days? Some of the most interesting things in gut health for me, I ran an online summit actually. It was a free one. We had 6,000 people join it and I interviewed 20 of the leading gut experts from all over the world. They actually disagreed on a lot of things, but I guess three of the main things that they all agreed on was that diversity in diet is really important and color Color and diversity, a rich diverse, eating the rainbow, whole foods are really important. They also all agreed that the Mediterranean-style diet was probably one of the best approaches for gut health. So I was interested in that because they all agreed with that. And then the third thing they all agreed on was that stress was one of the major, major down downsides, I guess, to, to good gut health. And so keeping stress levels. The two things in terms of research that have come out recently that I am so passionate and inspired by are that doctors are now treating inflammation in the gut for a range of different diseases. And the second thing that I'm so inspired by is that obviously you know about the mind-gut connection and the connection between the gut and mental health and mood. There are people in America that are, that are working on psychobiotics. So instead of a lot of those anti-anxiety drugs and anti-depression drugs and mental health drugs, they're going to be looking at doing psychobiotics. So that's probiotics that they're using in the gut to really help mood and anxiety and depression. And I think that's just so cool. incredible. Question, you kind of talked a little bit about stress there as a major kind of trigger. And when you find yourself in stressful situations, do you typically kind of go at it from the gut or do you have like, what are your top kind of personal mm. modalities or like, what do you turn to when you, when you find yourself I, stressed? I actually turn to a couple of things. The first thing I turn to is yoga and meditation. So breathing, because mm. I want to just calm down the breath so I can get into that, obviously that rest and digest mode so that when I do eat, I am digesting properly and I'm feeling better. But I find it's so easy and simple to say this, but I find breathing for me is really helpful. I've been working on how to manually disengage my mind as well and breathing and meditation obviously helps that, I think. The other thing that I do, if I'm feeling stressed and anxious, sometimes with autoimmune things and things like Crohn's, you get to a level and you're really stressed, you've had a bad day and you're really stressed and you feel like it's gonna, you're going to have a relapse of it. So I just go onto a very gentle diet. 
and just really soothing sort of nurturing foods some bone broth maybe or I know this is a vegan a vegetarian thing but yeah just very simple like smoothies and and anything cooked and slow cooked and I just go on a gentle diet and I find that also grounds me and that's very much an Ayurvedic thing I I studied Ayurveda in India and I found it for me one of the things that I most resonated with one of the philosophies around diet and wellness that I most resonated with and obviously yoga and meditation are a big modality within Ayurveda and so I kind of lean towards those things mindful eating a bit more mindfulness but definitely yoga is yoga and med- breathing is my go-to cool yeah how about you I would certainly say and I, I would say one of my biggest stressors is office work it's mm. one of my tops between office work and maybe just you know humans <laughs> and uh the human both of them i would say one of my best cures is nature like just getting outside and taking a walk and stepping away i use yoga as well but a lot of times I, yoga to me can almost need me mentally to set aside a block of time and i always can walk outside and and just get my my breath going and my body moving and take the dog out or something like that so that's probably my my most common pattern interrupt you know if there's something going on and and then if i can certainly if i can get to my mat or if i can meditate one of my funniest habits is just to do a handstand uh yeah i'll just kind of hand in the office or wherever just against the wall just (laughs) hang out just let my body in and i find that it's got a bit of physical challenge to it but it also just i don't know if it's flipping my world upside down literally um but it does seem to kind of you know, shake me a little bit. I think inversions are so good also for just clearing the mind. That's why even just a forward fold or anything like that. Sometimes yeah. I do that when I legs feel a bit stressed. Wall. Yeah, legs up the wall Amazing. or just like forward fold, whatever. Yeah, handstand is really good. Yeah. Anything like that can just clear the Just to disengage mind. typically. Usually yeah. I just notice that I'm, my mind is attached to some thing that it's freaking out about and if yeah. I can just direct its attention to something else. I think that's so common, isn't it, with yeah. um, creative people or yeah yeah busy minds yeah as somebody who produces a lot and is is obviously very good at what you do do you have any kind of i guess work tips like that because a lot of people i think these days are in the knowledge work field and Mm. many of us are working indoors and in offices and yeah with screens and that sort of things are there any any particular tips that you use that you find really yeah i actually i seem to i'm a bit of a vata so i seem to function well with a morning routine i like a bit of routine so the first thing that i do when i get up is i'll either walk the dog or go and do yoga i'll go and exercise in the morning before Mm -hmm. i even start work great and then um then i come back and then then if i am working what i try and do is not work on one thing all the time for Mm -hmm. the whole day so i just work a little bit on each project i have Mm -hmm. and i find that's really helpful as well Obviously, all the things like getting up from my desk, going for a walk, going outside, moving around, those kinds of things I do as well. But but I just try and work on a little bit of each thing so I don't get bored. Break it up. Yeah, I break it up. Cool. That's really good. Mm. Nice. How are you feeling heat-wise? It's getting warm in here. It's getting it? hot in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting hot in <laughs> here. <laughs> Tell me, before we go, before we go cold plunge you've given a talk here on fasting we might include that on the podcast for those of you that want to hear a bit more from lee we'll we'll tack on a a talk that she gave here at araha tell us just a little bit about your fasting routine and and what you find in it 
Yeah, so intermittent fasting for me I took up about four years ago when I wanted to lose a bit of weight after menopause. (laughs) I am turning 52 this year and I did um, put on just a little bit of weight during menopause. I wanted to find a natural way to kind of lose that excess weight. So I did that and I took up the Dr. Michael Mosley 5-2 intermittent fasting approach. I found it really, really good, but some of the recipes were a little bit low calorie kind of junk food for me. So I basically started my own sort of faster way to wellness kind of thing. And and what I generally do is I try and include, like here, really nutritious, nutrient-dense foods, but just smaller quantities of them. And I find that they make you feel really satiated. So a typical fasting day for me, there are a couple of approaches that I take. There's the 5-2 where five days a week you eat normally and then two days you have limited calories, so around 500 for women and 600 for men. Then the other thing that I do is the 16-8, and I do that every day apart from when I'm here because the breakfast is just too good. (laughs) So the 16-8 involves delaying breakfast, so you have 16 hours between dinner and breakfast. So that could mean dinner at 6 and breakfast at 10 or dinner at 7 and breakfast at 11. So that 16 hours is good for so many different reasons, but it allows your gut to rest and it allows you to balance your hormones. So particularly your insulin and your leptin, your hunger hormone, it allows them to come back into balance. And so what that does is start kickstart a fat-burning process and a muscle-building process in the body. So there's new research showing. I've got 17 research studies in my Fast Your Way to Wellness book that it's really good for the mind and the brain as well. And I do find that after a fasting day, I feel amazing. So typically for me, I'll delay breakfast breakfast at 10 or 11 and I'll probably have some kind I always start the day with a chai because I just love my chai and then I'll have some kind of maybe I might have a smoothie some kind of healthy smoothie and then for lunch I'll do some veggies or whatever maybe some leftovers something that I've got left over I do sometimes put a bit of fish in coconut water and just poach that and have it with some um, steamed veggies which is really nice And I'll have that around um, 2 o'clock and then around 6 o'clock I'll just have a normal dinner, like a bit of protein and a little bit of carb and some maybe a bit of sweet potato and some veg, like different veggies. And that's about 500 calories. And during the day I'll drink a bit of tea, drink a bit of herbal tea and lots of water. And I treat it like a self-care day. And then I kind of generally try and go to bed a bit early on the fasting day. But it's amazing. The first two weeks are pretty hard, but then after that you feel really good. Yeah, and I found that I did, it really helped with menopause actually, really helped with balancing the hormones and, yeah, I've done menopause naturally. So, yeah, I think intermittent fasting really helped me and I did lose the excess few kilos that I put on. So, I was yeah, I find it really beneficial personally. For those of you that haven't seen a picture of Lee, she just said she's 52 and she looks amazing. So there's obviously something right going on. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Should we do some cold plunge? Let's do it. All right. We're in. No, I love it. This is so good. Oh, yeah, I love it. Wow. Oh, this feels. Oh, I like the walkthrough as well. Totally. Oh, I love those tingles that you get. Yeah, yeah. The other way to supercharge. Oh, yeah. That is so nice. Totally. Oh, yeah. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> it feels funny being in the sauna after the cold plunge. You're still kind of cold, but you're 
Bodies are acclimatizing and adjusting. No longer hot. Yeah. Cool. By the way, how did you find this retreat? So this is your fourth time back. I think I've been here five times. Five I'm times. just every single time. I just love it more. I just love this place so much. And obviously the philosophies around it as well. And the staff are amazing. But the hiking is incredible. Absolutely love the hiking. The food is out of this world mm. and all of the other things as well like the classes that we do and you can dip in and out of them if you want to you can allow yourself time to rest and yeah it's just a really gentle nurturing but if you want to get physical you can mm. i love it it's got everything i always wonder with people that come back you know like what's the, what happens as you get more comfortable in the program and, and whether you notice anything different or I think what I noticed differently was when I first came I wanted to do everything mm -hmm. and I was like okay I just want to do this and I remember the first time I did a hike and it was a hike around this area and we went up the hill and I was halfway up the hill and I started crying and I was like my legs were shaking and I was oh. like I can't do this I yeah. can't do it it's too much and then I pushed myself and I did it and I felt really good afterwards. And by the end of the retreat, I had the biggest transformation mm. of any other retreat I've ever done. Oh, this, wow. Yeah, it was remarkable. That's mm. what I love about this place. And also, obviously, the authenticity of it and just the nature and the surroundings. It's beautiful. Mm. Awesome. Tell me this. I always like asking a little bit of a juicy question somewhere in the interview if I can. Have you ever had a moment? It might be around health and wellness. It might be something might be something other, a moment of transformation in your life, a moment of shift, a moment of like no turning back. Yeah. Or where you knew life would never be the same again. I think that happened to me when I was starting my business and growing my business, but I was still working in another job. And I knew that I really, really wanted to help people. And I wanted to do something in wellness and share my story with others. But financially, you know, it took me three, four years to build my blog and my books and things like that. I still had to take other jobs at the time. And then there was a moment where I thought, I want to put every single ounce of my energy into this and I've got to stop doing the other work and I just want to take a massive leap and see where it goes. And I did that and I never looked back. But it was like, it was a long time sort of coming. I was like, okay, maybe in the next few months I'll be able to switch from just, you know, doing a bit of both and then, then slowly I and then one day I was just like, I just have to take the leap. I just mm -hmm. have to do it. And they say that, you know, when you jump off the edge of the cliff before you touch the other side, it's that – when your hands are flailing and you're flailing through the air, that's when you learn and grow the most. And I think mm. I just needed to take that leap and really believe in what I was doing and the content I was creating and that kind of thing. And I did it and I'm really, really, really glad that I did. Amazing. We're glad too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I notice a lot of times we get people that come to Araha that are in between jobs. It's actually a fairly common time where people have a bit of time. They can take yeah. the time off particularly when people haven't found the next thing. Mm. I really notice, and I've noticed in myself, that there is kind of a discomfort, I guess, to it. But yeah. but there's also, it's like a, like a blank canvas is being put mm. in front of you. You can rewrite it. Like the world is just, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can become anything you want. Yeah. And I have a similar story, actually, in my late 20s. Same sort of thing. It felt like I was leaping off the edge of a cliff. And, mm. and sure enough, there was a net that yeah. caught me and and I would I would say the same I'd never turn back. Yeah. It's yeah. good isn't it? Yeah, just mm. having trust and faith and mm. that everything will be okay and mm. and also not putting like finance to as a priority, you know, or money as a priority. You just want to really 
it's not about me either. It's just about I'm just the vehicle for imparting this information and, yeah, just being able to do that. Obviously, I need to support myself, but in a genuine way, yeah. you know. Lee, thank you so much. Thanks for doing everything you do and thank you for keeping our guts healthy and thank you, of course, for visiting us here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Ciao. All right, team. If you'd like to soak up some more of Lee's nutritional wisdom, check out superchargedfood.com. And if you'd like her 14-day healthy guide to stockpiling your pantry, you'll find links in our show notes at utter-ha.com forward slash podcast. And if you'd like to enjoy an in-person deep dive with Lee, you can always join us here at Araha Wellness Retreat each year for her featured educator retreat. Thanks for listening. Do hit subscribe to enjoy future episodes. And of course, we'd love to hear your thoughts and any ideas for who you'd like to see interviewed on the Adventures in Wellbeing podcast. Araha Nui, sending you much love today wherever you are. Be well. Thank you.